0: Ringer FC is your podcast home for all things soccer on The Ringer. Join us on Monday and Thursday for Stadio, hosted by Ryan Hunt and Musa Akwanga, as they cover the major European football leagues and a lot more. On Wednesday, Arsenal legend and former England international Ian Wright hosts Wrighty's House, discussing the latest in European football with a rotation of special guests. Check out Ringer FC on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or... Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com.
1: All right, now we're back with the Mad Hooper here. It's Kellen B. Coates of The Ringer, fact-checker at The Ringer. He's very successful in his life right now, and um, I'm just trying to figure out why he's so mad. So, Kellen, why the hell are you so mad? All
0: right, man, let me tell y'all why I'm mad, son. These Knicks fans got to chill the hell out. Every time they get a win, I feel like one of the characters from the Chappelle Show player haters ball skit. Like I get that most fan bases are annoying as hell online. Like I understand that. But Knicks fans belong in their own category. Narrowly beating out the likes of Cowboys fans, Lakers fans. I'm looking at you, Logan and Sasha. Yankees fans and Ohio State fans. All y'all in your own little group. But Knicks fans way up at the top. All right. Now, a few things off the top. This may be exacerbated by the fact that I live in Brooklyn and I hear people talking outside my window about the Knicks all day. I'm tired of it. Am I bitter that they have my favorite team's old coach and about two of my favorite former Bulls from this past century? Yeah, like I get it. The, the Knicks are legitimately good. They got a top three or they're a top three team on defense. They got an over 500 record and they got a real steal on Emmanuel quickly. But they also got Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. All right, let's, let's calm down. And Frankie Smokes look good, but he not looking good enough to be going viral every other day. All right. Don't be going on Twitter talking to me about Julius Randle's better than Chris Bosh ever was. Shut the hell up. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. There have been some real, real stupid tweets in the past month on NBA Twitter, but that is a top two stupid tweet. All right. I don't need to see y'all massless celebrating outside MSG because y'all made it 17 to 17. Relax. You're 500. Calm it down. Your team hasn't made the playoffs since Mike Woodson was the coach. I was reading a story on the New York Post today. The Knicks fans are blowing hundreds of dollars on last-minute COVID tests so that they could get into the arena, which doesn't seem like a great idea considering we're still in the damn Panini. So, like, I feel like maybe everybody should just take a little chill pill, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Post says that uh, an MSG spokesperson told them that you need a PCR test, which basically means you need a test within the past, like, three days or whatever to get in. But again, stop going to the arena let your team get like real good. You know what I'm saying? Like let y'all get into the playoffs, not talking about the playing games, like let y'all get really, really into the playoffs and host the playoff game. And then y'all can be out here. Hopefully vaccinated, celebrating in these streets. Until then, shut the hell up. We need y'all hold to up, keep son. the hold same up, energy. Hold up, hold, hold, up, hold, up, hold, up, hold up, son. Hold up, son. Hold up, what's son. Hold up,
2: son. Hold up, son. What's up? Look, listen. What's up? Let me let me let me hop in here real quick as the resident Knicks fan, son, and just talk to you a minute. Oh, Kick some game. Okay. Okay. We are sitting firmly at 19 and 18 in the garden, son. We are the mecca of basketball. The number one team in the Eastern Conference is only at twenty-two and twelve. Like we are a whisker behind them. In terms of our Julius Randle. Julius Randle is five times better than that boy that used to play up in Toronto and went down and became relegated to a three-point shooter in in, 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 in Miami. All right, he's carrying a franchise right now. The hopes of a whole damn city, the Big Apple, it never sleeps, it's on his man's shoulders, and he's delivering left and right. We can't help it if the end of our bench is square. We got some time <laughs> to get rid of that. We gonna work on that. That's my argument, son. That's why I'm mad.
0: Bro, you, I, you gonna right. tell me, y'all not even the best team in like a 10-mile radius, and you talking about you the best team in the East. Relax. Talk to that man, Kevin Durant. And then we can have a conversation. Mm,
1: Real ones. <laughs> Start the record right now, bro. We're, we're hot. We're coming in hot right now. We're ready to go. Fucking hey, man.
2: Mic check. One, two, one,
1: two. What? Is, I'm recording right now. Is Sasha, Drake the go. biggest? You got it. Sasha, You said is Drake? Drake was the biggest... I didn't say is that. Is he not I, the biggest artist did, in the game? He is
2: the biggest artist. I
1: I, made a, I can't make a mistake. I said I he's the biggest artist. I feel like you're artist. hating
2: right now. I'm, ask, and I'm not hating. I'm a big Drake fan. The question is, is he the best? And
1: that's what I thought you were just launching he into. Is the, he is the biggest and the best in the game right now. Yes. At this very moment, yes. I'll defer. I'm not a hip-hop
2: head. Like I'm not into this generation of hip-hop the you same way I was. I appreciate was
1: it. Okay. I appreciate
2: it. I think he's dope. Like I like his stuff. I'm on just Twitter saying. now. There you're are a on lot of Twitter people. now.
1: You should know when new stuff comes out, bro. You need to follow more than 18 people. I really, you know what I feel? I feel like I'm
2: I feel like I'm like lost without an iPhone in the Twitter landscape. Like I can't get where I'm trying to go. Like I I know where I want to go with my Twitter game, but I can't get there. Like I don't I need a I need a tutor or some shit. Like I'm bad. All right, man. Let's get to and, and, and 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 like I got into it with a cat the other day on Twitter, like you know. Oh no, no we're gonna get to the show. We're
1: gonna okay. get to the show. Go. Use all that, Sasha. That's a cold open right there. Anyway, <laughs> that's called It's called radio. Anyway, um <laughs> what's popping? Real ones, Logan Murdoch here with Raja Bell. Raja's coming in hot today. You good, bro? How you doing, man? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna just keep it a break. Tell them why I was, you're mad, son. Tell sorry, why I'm, you tell mad. You what, I'm
2: gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why, Matt. I went, I right. was like, boom. Like got a pod in an hour. All right. Tell the kids, Hey, daddy's going to go get himself ready. Got a pod. If you need me, I'm in the office. Like you guys can handle your school on your own. So I'm in the mirror, like, and it's been a while, right? Like I, I looked at myself for a good, hard, like 10 or 15 seconds. And I'm like, damn dog. COVID has really taken a toll on your boy. Like hairline even further back than it was gray in my, in my lightweight little scraggly beard and shit. Like I was lightweight depressed. I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck. I looked, I was COVID is not you nice fine, to me. You look fine,
1: bro. What did, did you do the, like, did you do the, uh let me see, let me see, let me see. Yeah, you already look old, but did you use like <laughs> the, a quick, a, a quick black dye on your hair? <laughs> no, I don't see no gray bullshit. hairs right now.
2: <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm actually like, I've been blessed in that regard, like that I'm not all the way gray because I got friends who are, but I guess my point is like, pre-COVID you could barely see any and now when I look in the mirror like I see patches of it and so it's really That's because you
1: were bald you were bald during throughout the whole time you was keeping a schedule when you were getting your haircut. now it's just all erratic bro you don't even you know it's, do you even care in, in do you any care ca-
2: anymore well I really don't but like today for some reason I did and I just okay. it was it hurt my feelings man I can I I can't have my feelings hurt like I'm supposed to be a robot in this shit I'm I, my feelings. Yeah, you're supposed hurt. to be a, I mean
1: you know real ones, ones, ones,
2: ones get hurt too right my feelings were hurt, like, earlier this week on Twitter, dog. Like, we listen, man. Some cat was in yeah. that that shit going at me, calling me, like, a virus in Utah and shit like that, bro. I, again, I don't know don't, how, yeah. what's appropriate for Twitter, but I felt bro, like I needed to give defend context. myself. Let me
1: give context really quickly. Let me give context really quickly. I was looking on Twitter the other day. This was after the Darren Williams episode hits, and I <laughs> see Raja just... I see one response to him. I'm like, all right, cool. He just sent one response to a fan, cool. Like, or a listener. I don't know if he's a fan, but a listener, right? And then <laughs> I go back. I took the phone down. I'm like, all right, I'm not even thinking anything. I picked the phone back up. There are five more responses to this dude's one response, Raja. You got a lot of shit off your chest, bro. You got a lot of shit off your chest on Twitter. You, like, really but took the that, bait. I did. So that's bait. See, this is why I needed. To- A tutor
2: for Twitter, right? Like, that's not the platform for that, I guess. Um, It's probably why I shouldn't be on Twitter in the first place, but like, I'm not out here for, I'm not out here for like, if you wanna call me out for like factual shit and slander me, okay, cool. But you ain't gonna be sitting out here calling me out of my name, dog. We ain't gonna do that.
1: (laughs) Roger, Roger. What's hella funny is the first, one of like, probably the second thing I thought of when I saw this, the first one was like, what the fuck is he doing? The second thing I thought of was, Raja's matured now. He's a little older. I can only imagine what he would be doing if he was in his twenties and had Twitter. Because you were going in with like six responses. You probably would have found this dude's address and just pulled up on him if you would have if this was twenty twenty-five-year-old Raja. It it confirmed for me that like Twitter is too
2: much personal access. Both both for me and for other people. Like I have no business
1: being in the landscape.
2: It's entertaining at times. Like, I, and I can dig why you need to do it. Here's like the thing, though. Here's the a thing, brand. though.
1: I don't, I'm out. I don't respond to that because you get too much. Like, you just get way too much stuff, man. And also, you have a platform right here to where it's a bigger platform than you currently have right now on the twit. So just, you feel me? If you want to get some stuff on your chest, you can do it right here. Well, I'm a, you
2: know, look, I never shy away from getting it off. I'm just saying I felt like the okay. enge- I was engaged. Like, you know, like the... The access to just fire off a couple of You legs. were triggered, bro. Yes, dog. <laughs> he had me in it. Good good for <laughs> you. If that was, hey, whoever, whatever his name is, if that was like what you were, if you were really trolling, trying to elicit that response. Yo, he like, accomplished well it, bro. Well done. He got,
1: six, he got 17 responses from you, and he got a shout out on the pod, bro. He got exactly what he wanted just now.
2: That's the that's the world we live in? See, this is my mm-hmm. old curmudgeon. That's the world we're in, right? Like, it's yep, just.
1: Yep, yeah, I don't to love that. Now, everybody's gonna hit you in your mentions just for the clout, just so they can get on real ones. And it ain't gonna happen. It's the last time. It's not, because but... I'm shutting my shit down. <laughs> 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 you ever, you ever <laughs> wanting to get verified to, about to shut the shit down? <laughs> How do I go about right. that,
2: though? How do I go about that? Like,
1: let's see. If I can get verified, Joe, i stay on. No, you know what? You know what? Let me keep it a buck. Joe me, friend oh. of the show. Ooh. Make it happen. Social team. Joe oh. me. Joe, Joe me. I'm looking right at you. I'm looking right at you, player. Okay. Anyway, um, Let's get to the shits. This is after the uh that was that was a nice little warm-up, huh? I've been warm, dog. Oof. Anyway, all star game. Yesterday. Yeah. Thoughts. And that's what thoughts, Roger. What did you think?
2: Um my stance on the league, not like needing to not do it, may have changed. I I don't think they needed to do it, but I'm glad that they did. I think they navigated it pretty well. Could have been a catastrophic thing with uh with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, though. Like, dodge the bullet point. I, no, listen, sitting there as a fan with my kids last night watching oh, that, that was game, fun. watching it, it was fun,
1: Like, and hey. I appreciated it. Hey, Raja, Atlanta is in shambles, bro. <laughs> <Atlanta>. <laughs> Did you see Atlanta? Like, the All-Star game was great in itself, right? The All-Star game was a fun time. Uh, Steph won the uh, three-point shootout. Dunk Countess was eh, we'll get to that eh. in a second. Um, it was an entertaining game, by all accounts, but Atlanta <laughs> was... <laughs> <laughs> Our guy Mark Stein from the Times said that they, that the NBA had to send out two over 200 cease and desist letters to these parties because they were affiliating themselves with the NBA during a right. raging pandemic. Yo, I saw some of these on IG, bro. When nobody wearing a mask, bro, there was fights. It was so lit in these in these Atlanta clubs, bro. It was just it was ridiculous, bro. Okay.
2: I I mean, I don't know what it's like where you are, but this is our normal here. Like, I'm I'm out, like, no one in Florida is wearing a mask outside in public. Like, no one, like, you know, when you go into the store, they are, but I, I've been multiple places over the last week or so where I'm like, oh, so this is just how we're doing this now? Like, this is, uh... I mean, I'm not, I know the pod's not gonna be about all of that, but I wasn't as surprised, maybe, because I see that. I'm just as, saying, in California,
1: time. California is different. We live in this bubble, bro. Like, there, I mean, there are some people that don't wear masks, but for the most part, by and large, they wear masks out here. And... I can't tell you the last time I, I saw a flyer for a day party, a club, but none of that out here. <laughs> right. I don't even know what that is. But I'm just saying, like All Star Weekend, was, dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. I ain't never been. I, you know what? I've been to one All Star Weekend. That was when it was out here in Oakland in 2000, and I was six. And me and my mom did the thing where there was this little. There was it was all. Remember the All Star jams back in the day? I don't sure. know if they still do it, but the All Star jams, and it was. Um, it was uh one of those tapes where you can commentate on some of your favorite uh, iconic NBA moments, and me and my moms did the um, Michael Jordan last shot in Utah. Yeah, was that was that one right? That was the beginning of my journalism career right there. That was when I was like, "Oh, this is tight. I'm gonna do this." I was like six. So that, shout out to the you know All Star Weekend in, in Oakland for that. Um, the game was cool. Um, you had some some gripes about a certain. Um, type of player that should not be in the all-star game though Roger you're trying to set me up and I know I no, came I in am hot to I say, came no, you came I in came hot, in and hot. You, you did this this is your fault I, tell I us did. why you mad you were
2: really mad this morning I'm not I'm mad for a segment of the NBA population big men have no place in all-star games they have no place in them like I'm, unless you're Giannis and you're able to do things I'm about, freaky I'm things, about, I'm I don't about know to
1: call bullshit on that but go ahead
2: nah you could call it but like I feel bad for them because clearly they're all stars and they deserve to be in the game. But the way the game has, the way the game has changed, like, I just feel bad. They're stuck in the middle. Like there are no real touches for a big man. Like every now and again, last night, Rudy Gobert got the obligatory, like, hey, let me give you this dunk down low, big fella. But other than that, he was like out of place the entire game. I felt bad.
1: Yeah, no, no. (laughs) <laughs> Big Man absolutely <laughs> deserved to be in the All-Star Game. You talk about no, Sha- Shaq. No, that was it. Shaq. For, hold on. Let me talk. I'll let you talk. Let it's not talk. what I said, though. It's not let what I talk, said. Let me talk, bro. Let me talk, bro. Go. Go. For damn near a decade and a half, Shaq made the All-Star Game hella fun, man. You know what I mean? All you Fashion. you just need you just need these big men just to be showmen. You know what I mean? I don't think you need to take them out of the game. You need them to just do fun stuff like Joel Embiid who would have been great for the All-Star game because he's talking shit, he's putting his fist up in the air. He's just he's milli rocking, he's doing whatever he can to get under people's skin. That's what you need, man. You don't need just some guy standing around. You need entertainment is all it is. I don't think that the I think you're discriminating against the big man. That's not, Now I see why David West used to elbow you, bro. You're over here hating on the big man. Can I speak now?
2: Yeah, go ahead. Because you completely took what I said and twisted it. I did not say that they did not deserve to be in the game. Nor did I ever say I did not want them in the game. I said I felt bad for them because there's no place in the game for them. Oh. The
1: game is is played like. I just completely. heard what you said in the pre pod meeting, and it kind of it alluded to that. You're not you're not living your raps, B. See, but you're not listening, man.
2: Like you're you're ready to talk before you're listening, bro. And I, when, like I I'm with you. Um, and that's why Giannis. I actually thought Joel and B would have been a good fit as a big in that game, Nikola Jokic not bad, um, but Vucevic and and Rudy Gobert, um, their style of play isn't really conducive to being like hella fun to watch in an All Star game. And it's okay, like I still think they deserve to be there. I just felt bad because like you're a big, you're there, you have a certain skill set. It doesn't match the game that's like unfolding, and you're left kind of like, well shit, I can't get off in this type of environment, and I felt bad.
1: Okay. Okay, so no, you're not ex- excluding anyone from nah.
2: Hell no. Team. Like, I, look, man, I, Joel is my MVP right now. I think Bigs deserve to be there. The game, and I thought it was great. Like, I loved
1: watching it. These cats shoot the ball, Logan. Like, yeah. Did you see yeah. the way they were shooting the ball, bro? I did. I was. It was funny because I was just like, damn, Stephen da- like for a second I was like, Steph and Dame together on one team. Somehow we need to make this happen, right? I was just like, somehow. They're they're chucking from three-point range, man. Like they are, they're 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 buddy buddy, man. I just was like, we need to see that happen. And also to see LeBron and and Steph on the same team. And also more than anything, to see Steph back in an all-star weekend was great. Just to see that. Like we we were, I feel like we we weren't able to see Steph in last year's All-Star game because he was injured. And it was just good to see that, man, what excitement he brings to the game. You know, because one thing we're going to get to, I'm sure, is the dunk contest and how it, wasn't, how, how it wasn't good. By all accounts, it wasn't good. But I think part of that is because we didn't really have any stars. We didn't have anybody to like really be invested in to watch that. Now, you take that to the three-point contest. We have a bona fide top five player in the league just killing in the, in the uh, three-point contest. That was really good to see that, to see um, someone win the All-Star weekend like that. I, I believe, just to play really good in an All-Star game. Didn't get the MVP, but to also but to get an award like the three-point shooting um, competition. It's a fun thing to see this weekend.
2: Um, so I want to take it back to my original comment about kind of changing my opinion on whether the NBA should have done the All-Star. When I started to really shift the way I felt was when I saw Steph um, and a couple other players specifically – and the emotion that they had, and they were having a good time. I think Steph led the charge with that. Like you could see how happy he was to be there and how he was enjoying himself. Um, And so that spoke volumes to me as a former player. Like if they're having this much fun and I'm sitting here with my family watching and enjoying it, then it's probably the right thing to do. Um, I'm with you in that you need stars um, to compete in some of these things uh, to kind of drive interest in it. Steph, the three point shootout was was the best of the of the competitions for me. Um it was because, you know, you had Steph, but you know, Mike, Mike Conley, um, you had bigger names across the board, you know, in terms of Jason Tatum and 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 you know, Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brown, across the board you had bigger names. Like even if Steph is not in the conversation, I still think it's a better product because you have bigger, bigger names, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that um and historically over the last like decade last few years the three-point contest has been by Lawrence the the um event it's the you show know, especially with with the rise of the three-point shot it is the event now and i never i didn't growing up i did not think that the three-point contest would overthink the duck contest and it absolutely has it's kind of honestly been three-point skills than dunk contests and maybe there was a, there's a couple years in which when you talk about the zach levine dunk contest was great um the other Zach Levine with um, with uh, with uh, Aaron Gordon was great. Yep. And then you have like a couple in between with like a few Jason Richardson ones. But over the last few years, like it's been all right. The dunk contest has been all right. But it's more so of like no one wants to, no one of reverence other than like Dwight Howard wants to go into the dunk contest. And it's like okay, well then I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch such. And, I don't. I never heard of these players. I don't want to watch them play. So
2: that's where yeah. we're at. I missed the day where like, you know, your MJs and your, your, your Dominiques and
1: guys like that would get in. I mean, I, I, don't,
2: I don't know that it ever goes back to that. So you just got to kind of, you got to wrap your mind around it. But I do think the league has to do, and maybe this year was a different set of circumstances because you were trying to like reduce the amount of people that were going to be, you know, in, in that bubble, so to speak, down there. So you didn't want to have, but there, you can get a more, no, I have no problem with the three dunkers that were in it. None at all. But, but you can have a more comprehensive field. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can you can have... I mean, yeah. A few, you know what I mean? Like, and that that helps drawing up, you know, more interest. The rules were super shitty. Like, that, you know, maybe you were just trying to squeeze it into halftime. I'm not even going to, like, bite my tongue or mince words with that. It was shitty. Like, that, you know, like, it was... No, it just had no... There was no drama. There was no buildup. Like, it was... It, it was, was like, just no, we just like, need to get back to the game. Correct. Correct. So, it didn't do them any favors. But they need... You can't just have three people out there, Logan.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that that's more has to do with the fact that they just like oh we need a dunk contest, put it in the halftime. That, I think that's also what it was for the most part. I think next year, um, hopefully next year that they have, you know, the world is totally different and they're able to have a full all star weekend. Um I think it's in Salt Lake City. It's gonna be cold. Uh but yeah, I, I think it'll be I think it can be better, but you know, it has to be buying from the from the uh from the superstars. Uh but it was overall it was by the on-court product was really good. I mean, it was good. It was a good thing to see a lot of people happy. It was a lot of, It was a good thing to, um, you know, the only thing that was that was different was it was sim- it was it was uh, played alongside Oprah's big-time interview with Meghan Merkel. That was messy, but um, yeah, I yeah, I didn't see
2: that. I do I do know that there was a sequence right before halftime where I think Dame caught a caught a oop, and then maybe a couple plays took place, and then from an out-of-bounds play. Steph Curry backdoored from the right wing and caught a pretty nice two-hand banger. Like, that's not an easy catch and dunk. You know what I mean? Like, that's... And so... And then came right back down on the other end and stepped through a lob to CP3. You got three relatively small guards all catching lobs in the first half. And then you the first young half You youngins who
1: can't jump. You you short dudes who can't jump love them weak dunks, don't you? You guys love those little dunks.
2: Short dudes who can't dunk. Why? You putting... You lumping me in that?
1: Yeah, I see what What...
2: Was you a dunker? I wasn't a dunker in the league, bro. But I went forty. I give you I, I had forty on the vert. I give you whatever kind of dunk you want. Mm. Just between don't the legs. Try can you between the legs. What oh, was you gonna do? Like, we, we, seen... we weren't doing between the legs dunks when I came up. That Nash, was not,
1: Nash, Nash was not I ain't never seen no Lives Roger from Nash. That was not how I played
2: in the NBA. Like, but in college and in the CBA, that's what I did. Like mm. and it speaks to like when you get somewhere and you kind of figure out your role and you know. It's, it takes too much to go in there and try to dunk. I remember trying to dunk on Dikembe Mutombo, one of my first practices with the Sixers, um, coming straight out of the CBA like, yo, I'm, I will crack on anybody. And he did not block it, but the foul that took place and me having to like pick myself up, up the floor and make sure that my bones weren't broken, I was like, oh... Oh, no, 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 no. This did is Did he give
1: you the finger afterwards? Did he do the no 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 afterwards? I
2: didn't get it because he didn't he didn't like cleanly block the shot. It was just a lot of contact. Wait, but, did he
1: do that in practice too? Nah. no, nah, oh, he okay. wasn't a finger waver in
2: practice. But but the point was, like, that's just not what I did. But don't be sleeping on my bounce, though. That's disrespectful. On a lot. I get I let you get away with a lot of loose rap, but we ain't gonna do that. Oh, okay. All right, all right.
1: It's like, okay, you can, whatever. You can sit in your right. ass on
2: notice. We ain't gonna we ain't gonna do that. I'm and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my
1: camera right now looking at you. <laughs> I'm right here. I'm right okay. here. Just You're talking, talking like- real tough on the phone, nephew. Wait, <laughs> Wait don't me. Hey, you bro, almost hey, had bro. me, bro. You almost got me, like
2: whoever that was on Twitter the other day, bro. You almost had
1: me. <laughs> Yo, man. This spot is already off the rails. Let's take a quick break, man, and let's talk. Let's talk about some stuff that, that has piqued my interest. In Minnesota, barf. This has been a wild show already, man. We're off the rails, but let's, let's, let's get back on track. Um, so last week, uh, the athletic posted a story on KG's relationship with the Timberwolves. Most notably KG's relationship with Timberwolves owner, Glenn Taylor, who he's long had like a simmering little beef with, you know what I mean? Over the years, he called him, a um, called him a few names. I'll say that called him a snake, hmm. uh, a few times. Now let's let's paint this picture really quickly. So KG, face of the Timberwolves, that is unassailable, unequivocal, everything that you want to say, he is the Timberwolves, right? So, you know, has his Timberwolves career goes to the Boston Celtics, uh goes to the Brooklyn Nets, comes back to the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh I believe in 2015. Um and according to him, the plan was for him to, you know, groom Carl Anthony Towns, groom this young team and then retire and then get an uh, either an ownership stake or work towards owning the Timberwolves at some point in time in a group that featured uh, Flip Saunders. Flip Saunders passes. KG says that um, the initial talks were then put off the table by Glenn Taylor and then, ever since then, it's been you know, a war of words between the two. And then recently, uh, you know, I would say recently about in July of last year, uh, KG says, you know, I'm back in the bidding. I'm ready to bid because Glenn Taylor is about to sell the team. Right. And in this story by The Athletic, Glenn Taylor says that there was never no bid. And KG and then KG announces he's no longer in the bidding process. But. Glenn Taylor says there has been no bid whatsoever. There was not. He was never in a serious group. There was nothing. I don't know who I believe in this, Raja, um, but I do know this. Uh, over the years, the Timberwolves have not been have not been great to KG just in general. They just have not. They haven't even retired the man's jersey yet. Do from your vantage point, do the Wolves owe KG a stake in the franchise at the very least? at the most owning the franchise. Do they do they owe them that? No. Do you owe it to him to retire his jersey? Yep.
2: Do you owe it to him to bring him back into the fold and try to mend fences as as the best player ever in franchise history? Have him around and have him involved in that. Yeah. But I don't I don't know that anyone owns that owes anyone else a piece of their business um just for having been the best employee there. I don't I don't I don't I don't subscribe to that. Now there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you chose to do that, like I, I think it would be a great look for Minnesota. Um, if if Glenn Taylor was to do that and to somehow get Kevin Garnett involved, like like, you know, you referenced the Lakers and 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 Magic in some capacity, right? Like I think that would be great. But the question is, do
1: they owe it to him? And the answer to that for me is no. I can agree with that. I can't agree with that. Because I mean, NBA and and NBA franchises are One, it's a business, and two, like, yo, Glenn can tell whoever he wants. Now, I don't know the backdoor conversations that they had. That hasn't been, you know, fully publicized. It's basically, he said, she said, this is what happened behind the scenes. For whatever reason, KG feels like there was a deal in place. Now, if there was a deal in place, and there was an understanding in place, then I would feel KG, right? I feel him. like It's different. Um, But... Even then, like unless it's in writing, you know this is it being in business. Like, if it ain't in writing, then it don't mean nothing. Yes,
2: Hand, the handshake, the handshake deal over a, a scotch or a bourbon, like that's you know, because that does boil down to he says, she says, like, or he yeah. said, he said. Like, you you have to have that in writing. There's a contract in place, a deal. Anything short of that, and you're not owed anything, and that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is.
1: How should teams treat their star players then? Because even with the ownership. Um, beef, I don't believe that the Wolves have treated KG well at right right. all during his time. Um so ownership aside, like what is a good way to treat a star player who is a cornerstone player in your franchise history? Um, first I think it's important that it that
2: a team if let's let's just for the sake of the argument say that the star is difficult and there's like a contentious relationship, you know, with ownership or something like that when he's there. But he 's able to do things in the franchise that no one else has ever done, and he's the best player clearly in franchise history. I think the franchise owes it to the player to separate the two once he's retired and there's been some time you know um, between the the situation and and the ability to maybe retire his jersey. so those have to be separate conversations though. like I might not have loved said player while he was here, but you know, he lived and breathed what we did. He was the face of the franchise. We got to the, you know, we did what we did. His jersey needs to be retired. That's fair. You have to be able to separate the emotion um, and celebrate him in whatever signage that you have um, in the arena that, that keeps a connection to the past with your franchise. And, you know, all of that's important. Now, if that owner's still in place and that player, um, you know, wants to be back around the franchise and those fences haven't been mended, that could be a difficult thing, Logan. And I'm going to go back again and say, like, you don't owe them anything in that regard, because you know, it's your business. You can run it how you see fit. I don't think it's the prudent way to run your business. you You want links to past success, best players in franchise history to have relationships with the new guys, right? and to be around as a resource, not just to them, but to fans and so on and so forth. So I don't think it's great, but you could choose not to do that. I think, again, organizations need to understand that like the retiring of a jersey and the celebration of a player that did what they did for your franchise is a, is has to be separate from like who that person was, you know, behind closed doors in arguments with you over contracts and so on and so forth.
1: The biggest thing that you have that we have to, you know, realize in this is it's not just about KG, it's not just about Glenn Taylor's just not about the Timberwolves. It's a collective and this sets precedent for future players and who want to come there and who what they think about that organization. You know, optics in general from a player standpoint. You know, a player sees what Glenn Taylor's doing and his best player of all time not getting treated, you know, right from a player standpoint. People see that, you know. That's why Kobe Kobe got like a, a big contract when he clearly was injured and things like that. That's why Magic gets an ownership stake. That's why when Kevin Durant leaves your franchise in Golden State, you say no one else is going to wear his jersey number. This It's just simple stuff like that, right? Just to show not just a player that it's affecting, but showing future players like, yo, if I want to come to this franchise, how will I be treated? You know what yes. I mean? So I, they need to figure think- that out.
2: Teams sleep on that. It's a good point. Like teams sleep on how important it is. You know, we talk about as players, every time you go out on the court, you're auditioning for, for a potential employer. Right. Um, And those employees, you know, being the other, whatever teams in the NBA, but it's important that franchises keep that in mind too, um, because players are watching. Right. And I would take it a step further, even in terms of like, you know, and I remember on our last pod, Darren talked about people not wanting to come to Utah. Right. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't really experience that, but once I had gotten, because I didn't ask anyone to come play with me, right? I wasn't that kind of player. But the point is, I had been to, to Dallas. Um, I then went to Phoenix and I was in other places. So when I went back to Utah, um, you know, I, I could see from some of the, da- the dating of what was going on behind closed doors that, like, in terms of like, you know, not, not really having food available to players after games in a city where it's going to be impossible to get a meal. Once you leave there because everything shuts down in Salt Lake at a certain time, so yeah there your families are at the game, and there's no food prep right and you've got millions and millions and millions of dollars invested in 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 said player and he got to go to McDonald's and get a meal because there's nothing available to him like you know I would have these conversations with Kevin O'Connor like hey, what do you think about getting you know like I don't know just get some catered so you can grab a plate on the way out you know stuff stuff like that behind closed doors that weren't necessarily at that time meeting the standards of what was going on around the league. That speaks to players when you're trying to get mm-hmm. them to come there and and you're not, you're not, you know, keeping up with the rest. And so it speaks to what, you, what you're talking about, right? Like if you're not going to be yeah. the team that's taking care of players, other guys are watching that. They understand
1: that. Yeah. I remember when, um, when the Kings got, uh, bought, the Sacramento Kings got uh, bought by Vivek and the, his big ownership group. One of the first things they did—they were still in Arco Arena—and you remember how that—that that, uh, you remember how that visiting locker room was in Arco Arena. Uh, it was, oh, it was it was tough. Um, but one of the the things he did was before he got the new sta- the new arena, was he re—he um, renovated that new locker room in Arco Arena. And the reason why he did it was, he said one of the things that I was hearing was. He said, "Those are potential free agents. Those are free agents in that then that uh, other locker room. That's right. And to take that a few years later in Golden State when they have Chase Center, they have one of the best visitors locker rooms in the league. You know, there's a whirlpool, a, a, you know, a pool in there, a hot, a hot, a hot pool, a, hot, a cold, a cold tub. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a state of the art. It looks like you know old school home locker rooms. You know what right. I mean? But that's." that's the impression that you give when you, you know, you want free agents because that's their first introduction to how you guys operate. 100%. Right. You know, like, you know, the war, this is, I'm always looking on the Warriors cause that's what I've seen firsthand. You know, I have a practice facility in the arena. So even if an opposing player wants to get shots up and don't want to see fans like boom here, right here, um, or want to get lift weights, boom, right here. You know what I mean? So sure. that's, that's the standard that you're trying to set when, you know, you you are an organization, especially when you're uh, an organization that's trying to get a facelift, right? That's trying to, um, you know, you were seeing that in Phoenix, your old stomping grounds right now, right? Where they're having this change in how people perceive them um, and how they perceive their organization. But it starts with um, taking care of your star player and star players, um, historically great players, and Kevin Garnett, at least just, you know, make the appearance that you're supporting him because it's not about either one of y'all. It's about how you want to keep building your business and how you're showing how you treat people who help build that business that you uh, have created or well, you're cor- have invested into.
2: You're hundred percent correct. But we, you know, we talk about, I say it all the time. Like, the, you know, there's a reason franchises, some of them um, are stuck where they are. It's not the players. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you, the the talent that's come through some of those organizations and have worn those uniforms um, is is in some instances as good as other places. And I, they might not have had the mega star. Maybe they shouldn't have won a championship. But the reason they are stuck where they are as a franchise generally is a bigger problem than the players wearing the uniforms. Can you dig what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and also like ownership and front office don't necessarily got to like these great players, but they damn sure got to fake it. You know what I mean? Because that's, yeah. that's how you get more talent. You know, it don't matter how you felt behind the scenes, but at least front facing, you should take care of your guys. So um, hope that fit gets figured out, man. Me too. But out. again, I mean, I think, Logan, I, I want
2: to say it again. If you want to be a hard-headed dude and cut off your nose despite your face, you don't technically, by the letter of the law, owe anyone anything. It's your business. Yeah. You you can run it. You can run it into shambles if you'd
1: like, right? Like we I can mean, both agree. Digru- you can. I mean, like, we're, what for, what organization are we talking about right now, Raja?
2: No, I'm talking about like if you if you choose to hold on to a grudge and not have Kevin Garnett as part of of what's going on in Minnesota just because there's something going on, like that's your right to do so. And it,
1: and it's a shame though because Minnesota has some pieces, man. Like Anthony Edwards is great. I really yeah. like watching him play. Carl Anthony Towns. He's a great player. It's it's I, I'm just pausing because it's like man, you know everything that he's gone through over the last years is just like it's heartbreaking. Sure. But they got some pieces there and just for to have the story of them not being the up and coming team but more so of how there's strife within ownership and of the greatest player in franchise history is tough, man, especially when you're trying to build something right now. Agreed. So, um, yeah, man, well, uh, we'll take another quick break and we're going to have uh, talk about a team that is near and dear to your heart, Rajah Bell. This episode is supported by state farm, man. I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have state farm. And now that I do have state farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy.
2: Level up your next four-wheeled adventure with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, built to navigate you to some of Earth's most awe-inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com.
1: And we are back. Roger has his yellow hoodie on. (laughs) Um, You know, he's in his bag right now. Uh, We're here to talk about the Utah Jazz. Shout out Utah, shout out Walters, shout out Tony Jones, shout out to all yes. the affiliates, you know what I mean? Shout out to them. But they have been complaining about referee disrespect and this is in your bag, Raja. This is oh, your bag right what? here. You know what I mean? You just what? I see you getting riled up right now, you're ready to go. Um they had beef from last week, the other <laughs> the uh when they when Donovan Mitchell said they should have won the game against Philadelphia 76ers this is the travesty. This is everything. This is um, so yeah, we're talking about the refs and does Donovan Mitchell and, um, Rudy Gobert have a point in this instance? Um, you know that I'm not afraid to take the bait when it comes to refs and whether mm. or not I think like I will take that bait gladly. Um, yeah. Refs not many, of not even for them. You take their debate, not even for them. You just got to get stuff off of your chest about the refs. This has nothing to do with the the players involved, but go ahead.
2: It doesn't, but I will, I will elaborate on why I think, you know, it is fair. In their eyes, I just, I, you know, I know refing to be an imperfect science. So I know refs make hella mistakes. And I've voiced my opinion as to why um, it irks me sometimes. In this particular instance, uh, as Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, I think it's fair that, that you complain, but I think you have to realize kind of who you are in the equation. And I mean no shade with this. Superstars um, are getting these calls, right? They're the ones that get the benefit of the doubt. And I can feel the frustration because you're the best team in the, in the NBA right now, right? Like you have the best record in the NBA. So with that, you, you expect and you've been conditioned to think that you're going to get calls. But like I was in the front office with the Cleveland Cavaliers the year that Atlanta had the best record in the East and they had four all-stars, but no superstars. And when we faced them as, you know, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, we got the benefit of the doubt because we had LeBron James. Like, so you don't do you know what I mean? The stars are what generate the calls, not necessarily the team's success. And so, while it's certainly not fair to Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, you got to understand that's the way this game is played. Like, just because you're a really good team, like you can roll your eyes, and, and I get it. Like no, 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 are gonna no, no. I'm hear, on the side. People going want to hear this it. though, but it's 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 facts. Like you 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 haven't done enough yet to
1: warrant. Getting the benefit of the doubt unequivocally. Do you know? I was gonna just ask you about that because Utah Jazz are the best team in the league right now. They just Absolutely. Are unequivocally. They are the best team in the National Basketball Association. However, they still new money. They still way new money. No one is, you know what I mean? They haven't consistently been the top team in the league for they haven't been this good since Carl Malone and John Stockton. They were winning 60 games back then. They haven't sure. been this good, right? Sure. So what I mean by that is they still got some dues to pay, right? They still need to play, still have playoff success to have, right? They still got to beat – they still got to get to the finals, right? They still have to do – they have to finish the job. And in order to do that, they still have to pay their dues in, in a lot of ways, in my opinion. Um, what I will ask you, though, like, what does that balance with the refs, right? Because – yeah, man, you could say the refs got me messed up, da 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 da. Yeah, 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 yeah. I you mean, know, like, there's, there's bad calls every day, B, right? But how often before it gets, the message just gets diluted, right? Where there's just like, okay, Donovan and, and Rudy and Draymond and Steve Kerr and everybody you want to call are just being like, they're just yelling at the refs. And then it just doesn't help them at the end of the day, right? Because these refs have feelings too. Right. One way or another. Sometimes they'll be sympathetic to your calls and be like, bet I messed up. I will very give you a make-up inst- call. Very few instances of that. OK, Raja, we know that you're scorned right now. We get but it. No, okay. no. But I'm
2: saying like that happens if you're not a star, that happens way less frequent. But than what I'm saying is, is like,
1: would... does what is the balance in always? The balance in talking about refereeing versus just being like, okay, I'm gonna play through it. What is the, what is the balance that you have to have as an NBA player? There's no balance. There's no balance. You can't win. You can't.
2: You can't win by talking about the referees. It's a no-win situation. Now there does it there get in your head when you do talk about no, the, in the the refs? Ain't nobody worried about no damn refs. Like it's cathartic sometimes to get up there and and say your piece, right? Like me on Twitter this week, like it was cathartic. Like I got it off my chest. It doesn't mean anything to anyone. The refs don't care that you're sitting up there talking about it. The NBA is going to levy their fine. You've already calculated that as a player. You know when you go into that press conference, I don't give a shit if I get fined $5,000 right now because I'm getting this off my chest. Is it going to change anything? No, but it's going to be cathartic. I want to get it off my chest. So I'm going to say my piece,
1: and that's it. So you're now, saying you felt, you, felt, you felt better after you you sent those seven tweets? Absolutely. Okay.
2: Absolutely. But now there are times, Logan, and I don't where. In a playoff series, as an organization, you can complain from the top, like from a head coach, um, you know, maybe even general manager reaching out to the league in regards okay. to plays. That happens in the playoffs all the time. And you can see refs come out in, in the next game with a different appreciation for the type of play that you've complained about or okay. that you've brought but to their attention. There's a
1: balance in that too, though, Roger, because you can't be like the Houston Rockets and just do like a, a, a PowerPoint in the middle of the playoffs, and try to get a game back. Like, there's balance in there too, man. There, well, when, you, that, when you,
2: I mean, you're talking about you're talking about life, dog. Like, you can't overkill anything and expect the result that you that's want. What, that's like, all you, I'm
1: asking. That's why I'm asking if there's balance that you have to have well, as, a, as a player and organization.
2: From an organizational standpoint, yeah. From a player standpoint, when it's dealing with the media and calling out refs, there is no balance because it never is going to change the outcome of a call for you. There's there's nothing. That you complaining and getting a fine, um, there's no impact that it's going to have on the way you're ref. Now, where you can make your hay as a player with refs is in the relationships that you have with them. Like if if you can personally, you know, have conversations that don't, you know, get heated and you're able to keep your cool and it's and you can approach them in a way where, you know, they're not automatically put on the defensive. You can gain some traction with them, you know, relationship wise. But once you get to a podium and say something about. You know their inability to do the job, or them costing you something. That's not
1: changing your fortunes in the future. Did you um, did you ever get to a good place with Greg Willard after you called him out? You called Greg Willard out? Yeah when yeah when you um I remember when it was uh the cr- when you when you closed line Kobe you was like you know you want you got some stuff off your chest because he was elbowing you and you, you oh. I'm pretty sure you said it by name I can bring up the clip but I don't know if yeah. I I don't know if I said him
2: by name I I I. I no, there was no, there was no, like refs didn't give you the benefit of the doubt because, so, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to do this, but we're going to go. Refs don't, they're not really accountable to anyone other than their, their, um you know, boss in terms of. You know how many calls you get right versus how many you get wrong. Like, there's no real accountability. But like, you don't think media-wise? there's been accountability
1: in terms of like of like the last two minute report where they ask him, where they put a pool reporter in there and they ask him a question about what did you think about this call? Like, why did you call this? You don't think there's accountability? Do in you? That?
2: Do you think there's that's had any effect on on like? Uh, do you? I don't. I mean, there's there's more accountability by definition than there would be if you didn't have the two minute report. But do you think it's made a difference in the way like some of these
1: guys approach their job? I mean, it makes them a bit more, I, I would Dude, say human asking, nature, would, do, do, I would say think? human nature, I would say human nature would make you a bit more on edge if you have to talk about every bad call that you make and that there's a last two minute report that is public what if, after what if every you,
2: game. What if you had to come out and defend the reason why you kicked JJ Redick out of a game for passing a ball to you? Wouldn't there be more accountability then? What if you had to do that? What if you as the ref had to sit up there and explain why you kicked JJ Redick out of a game? And you were, you were grilled with questions about that. Like the same way LeBron James is grilled with questions as to why he deferred in in 2004 on a shot that he should have, by the public's estimation, shot. Like, my point is, I know it'll never get like that, but until... So
1: so you're saying, so you're, you're, yeah. Your like problem that's just, is that the refs are too protected in what they do. Like, I they don't even assume. care.
2: I don't care, but I'm just saying, like, there's nothing that you're really going to be able to do to change the way they conduct themselves or the business that they do because there is no one that they answer to other than themselves. So, like, it's just not changing. So, from a player's perspective, you can get mad. I got mad plenty of times. You can yell and scream to the rooftops, but it ain't changing anything. You just got to be willing to take your fine and keep it moving. Now, for the Utah Jazz, Continue right, to win. A, a, nah, dog. Continue to win. Continue to double down on you being yeah. the best team in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell, continue to take that next step into stardom and you will start to get the benefit of the doubt with some of those, some of those whistles because that's the way it works.
1: Are you okay with the, the disrespect that we're seeing from, to the Utah Jazz. Like like during the um, the All-Star draft where LeBron <laughs> says he needs size and goes and picks a bonus over Gobert and then goes like, well, I, don't nobody ever play with uh, Utah Jazz on 2K. We'll never play them on... <laughs> 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 I mean, fair, but like, relax. Fair, Bron, but come on. man, No. Oh. I- uh, Okay. I, look,
2: you go with Sabonis. I, I came off the top and said that Rudy Gobert looked out of place in that all-star game, right? Like, LeBron's not yeah. stupid. How many all-star games has he played in? He knows if you get yourself a big value on the defensive side of the ball, mostly um, center, that he's going to be pretty much null and void in a game that doesn't have any defense being played in it, right? So, like, I'm not mad. That he doesn't pick Rudy Gobert when he says he needs size, he needs size that can do other things because that game's not going to be played in the but trenches. The shade where, was real Gobert. though. Yeah, so I know he could have just like, left it at that. He he could have. Now Donovan should have probably. I make the argument he should have been picked already. Like I don't know why he was sitting there, but but um, it, what he said was true. Like most people outside of Utah weren't playing two K with the Jazz.
1: Like they just. They just weren't okay. I remember my player on two K got drafted by the Jazz, and I, you know, I played with the Jazz then because your my player got drafted there, dog. Like you weren't, you you weren't like.
2: And I don't mean any shade. I don't mean no shade. Like you, I, I have this isn't a shady thing. Like I'm just, did he have to throw the shade? No, right? He did not have to do that. But
1: there was no reason.
2: Was there truth? Was there truth in it, though? I mean, like I'm trying to be fair to everybody. Was there truth in that? Yeah. Like I'm not, I don't. I don't know that my kid, my kids play 2K. I don't think anyone's ever played with the Jazz in this house, and it, it's not because they don't like the Jazz. It's just for for one reason or another, the Jazz don't ring bells.
1: You ain't like, ever just like, watch your kids. are like, but I played for the Jazz. You're like, no, Dad, we don't want to play with the Jazz. We want to do Jazz. Oh, my kids don't even. They, my kids ain't worried about me in no
2: damn video game. I just, you know, okay. I think it speaks to a. They're not a. a and you could correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure Utah Jazz fans will. It's it's a great brand, but it's 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 not a national like brand. Like it's more of a of of regional, right? I'm gonna say this though.
1: I'm gonna say this though. Donovan Mitchell gets buckets in 2K. He gets buckets in 2K. Is all I'm saying. Like you could get a nice little 60 burger from Donovan Mitchell on the right night on 2K. I'm just saying it's a really good team. I'd play. I'd play with the Jazz on 2K. I would. They got a good team right now. You said I would. Did you? I have not gotten the new 2K, 2K 21. anybody don't, who's don't listening, listening, don't do this. Anyone don't who's do listening, listening, don't do this. I have not.
2: I haven't. Gotten I asked it you yet. a pointed question. You said I would play with the Jazz. I'm saying, have with this team. Have you played with, with team, the Jazz? With this, how old are you, Logan Modak? How old are you? 27. You're 27 years old. In your 27 years, I would imagine what at least 20 of them playing video games. Maybe 18 of them. Have you ever played with the Jazz? Just sat down and said, "Hey, I'm going to play with the Jazz today."
1: No, because I was a Lager fan and I hated jazz.
2: But, but, oh, man. So, look, again, I think we can do both. I hope we can do both. This is
1: no shade at the jazz. Like, it's not. Like, I, I love Sa- my— Sasha's so messy in the chat right now. She just What's put she in talking? all caps. She put in all caps. Got him! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but, like, I mean, I don't know, man. I, you know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that back. You know where I play
1: with the jazz with? NBA jams. Stockton to Malone.
2: Two-player game. See?
1: Play with Jazz. Oh, Yo, two-player game. Yeah, you couldn't mess with the uh, with the Lakers uh, two-man game no, on NBA Jam, but it's cool. Um, who what, who no, are they? Kobe and Shaq. What? No, nah, no, 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 not at Kobe and Shaq. Shaq and Penny. Really? You want to get Shaq and Penny? No? All right, anyway. No, you're fact in. is, fact is, dog, my point was I don't have the new 2K right now. You know, 2K, what's up? I don't have it right now, and I can't play with this roster. This year's roster. If it was this year's roster, I play with it. It's all I'm saying. All I'm okay, saying. so so
2: maybe maybe the point that maybe what I'm taking away from the conversation is Stockton the Malone old Jazz pre like two K video game type of stuff. So the, their dopeness as a team would not have been able to be experienced online playing with them and beating people with them. And in between that, maybe they haven't necessarily risen to the level where you know they're the best team in the NBA and people want to play with them. Now I think your points valid this, though. Darren Williams, though, was was nice on 2K. Was nice. I'm not saying Darren wasn't. I'm not saying their teams weren't, but I'm just saying maybe they didn't rise to the level of national profile where people were yeah. like, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on the jazz and whoop your ass today. More so. Maybe more now. So
1: Braun was just trying to get a little uh on. Uh, that's all he was doing. He, he was definitely to was doing uh, that. That's it, fair that, too. That, that's that's, fair. that's all he was doing. All <laughs> right, man. Fair. Uh let's get to the buyout market right now. Um, Blake Griffin on the Nets. Initial thoughts. Eh.
2: Yeah, eh, I mean, eh. I, I like it. I like it. Like you're Brooklyn. You need front court depth. Um, you you know, need you front deplete. court defense. I, well, I, in a perfect world, you need front court depth that is defense, but in an imperfect world where there are not a lot of candidates out there for you to scoop up. And Blake Griffin is just kind of sitting around looking for a home. I think you're going to take the depth Logan, and maybe you can continue to address front court defense, you know, but like, what are you going to do? Say no to Blake Griffin sitting around like, Small ball five, Um, you know, you don't need him every night to be, you know, two thirds of himself. You only you're probably going to need him a handful of games to really have moments. So, you know, I I like it. I don't know that it moves the needle a ton, but it's insurance and that's what you're looking for.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. And I get it. There's no really anybody else on the market right now. I was just like, it just, I just seen a lot of things on the time on like Blake is on, it's cause of the name, but Blake is on the, on the uh, Brooklyn nets. And it's like, Oh man, injuries have been not been good to this guy. You know what I mean? And his, you know, is he's not as explosive as he once was, you know what I mean? And I think there's a lot of things that uh, would, would have been better addressed if, you know, somebody else was on the table. You know what I um, mean? But that's assuming someone else was on the table. And speaking won. of on the table, or potentially on the table, Andre Drummond, they're okay. looking to tra- the Cavs are looking to trade him. But if they can't, they uh, will buy him out. And a leading candidate if he gets bought out is the Los Angeles Lakers. Trouble, that would be tough. That would be trouble. Um, that would be
2: trouble, dog. Like you, you give. I mean, that's how they won last year, right? In today's era of small ball, and they did have to go small, but they were continually coming in there at times with double bigs
1: on you, bro. Mm. They were double bigging you, like, until yeah. you forced them to match down, right? Listen, if they can get that, I don't know if they can necessarily go as small as they did last season, just because, like, if you put Trez at the five, he's just had defensively, he just doesn't have it. Right. But... I really like how deep this Lakers team, including Trez. Like Trez is a great guy off the bench for you, man. Oh. Really, really good, bro. I, I really love that pickup. But in cool. terms of defense, I would love to get Drummond in the mix, man. That would be great to have him with with Marc Gasol. Oh, trouble. We'll see. We'll see what happens trouble. with um, you know, with Anthony Davis. But I just, that would be a great pickup. Can I? Let me do this real quick
2: just as I would go okay. back to Blake Griffin, right? Because I, I, okay. I think we both feel like our initial reaction was meh to Blake going to the, 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 the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Let me defend Blake for a second. Okay, Blake Blake is on a team right now with Jeremy Grant, Killian Hayes, Josh Jackson, Sadiq Bey, Seikud Demboya, Isaiah Stewart, Mason Plumlee, Delon Wright, Rodney Gr- Magruder, Jalo. Jell- the list goes on and on of people that you'd be like, okay. So I say that to say that his inability to really produce is because at least in some part to the fact that he is what you're trying to take away out there, Logan. You put him on mm-hmm. a team where he's the fourth or fifth option. Um, the matchup becomes much more favorable for him. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, I do think in that role where you know, hey, ain't nobody looking to scout Blake Griffin on the scouter report with the Nets. Like, I think there's some value there for them. That's that would just be my defense.
1: That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Where he just has to You know, get ten points a game, maybe. That's it. You know, if that, you know, ten and five, he's fine. And as the opposition
2: would be like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. But it's going to be huge. It'll be huge for Brooklyn as as a as you know, theoretically, a backup coming in, being able to do that. Like that's big. That's big minutes. That's those are championship. You you name me a team have a guy come off the bench in the championship series like um, that's getting production like that out of you know a backup five. They're gonna take that all the time.
1: Yeah. No, I I feel that man. We'll see. I don't know, man. I, I think we'll see what happens. Brooklyn is still, I mean, it doesn't change how I feel about Brooklyn at all. Like, they're right. still my pick to come out of the East. So it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But that has been another edition of The Real Ones. I am Logan mm. Murdoch. That is mm. Raja Bell. Mm. Also, man, mm. happy International Women's Day. You know what I mean? Got my Badu shirt on right now. Oh, you know don't. what I mean? Shout out. You know what I mean? Shout Absolutely. out to that. Happy International Women's Day um what else we got uh you could check out the real ones on mondays and thursdays We've, we're getting a little flow right now you know what i mean this is media mondays if you didn't know and then we got we got thursdays where we get a, you know get some story times you know get some players you know what i mean and then you know so we'll see you uh thursday and um yeah check out everybody else check out our suits r2 c2 with who valeo,
2: valeo legend you know it valeo legend cc C. sabathia
1: you know the vibes Um, Go see all of our Ringer NBA slate, group chat, Uh, the mismatch, the answer. Go see, go listen to the Ringer music show with Charles Holmes. Go see and listen to Black Girl Songbook with Danielle Smith, the legend, town legend. And uh, we will see you guys on Thursday. Holla.